The reading, scripture reading today, is from Judges 14, 5 and 6, 8 and 9 and 14. If you have a Bible from the worship center, it's on page 214, left column, first full paragraph, starting with verse 5. Then Samson went down with his mother and father to Timnah, and they came to the vineyards of Timnah. And behold, a young lion came towards him, roaring. Then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and although he had nothing in his hands, he tore the lion in pieces as one tears a young goat. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. Verse 8. After some days he returned to take her, and he went aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees in the body of the lion, and honey. He scraped it out into his hands and went on, eating as he went. Then he came to his father and his mother and gave some to them, and they ate. But he did not tell them that he had scraped the honey from the carcass of a lion. And then Judges 14. And he said to them, Out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. And in three days they could not solve the riddle. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. Well, we are going to spend some time this morning on the, the riddle of Samson and the riddle that, in some ways, is Samson. We're going to take some time this morning in this series on the roots of revival. And we have set before us today, here in the book of Judges, one of the most curious figures in all of the Bible, not, not only in the book of Judges, but in the whole course of Scripture, this man, Samson, who in so many ways, in his own life, embodies Israel's story that's in the book of Judges. The book of Judges opens in um, chapter 2 saying that after Joshua died, uh, another generation arose that didn't know the Lord, two things about him, that didn't know the Lord, and that forgot his mighty deeds. So they didn't have a living, vibrant relationship with God. They had a form of religion, but not real essence, not the real root of the thing. And secondly, they forgot what God had done. And that's spiritual amnesia and that spiritual hypocrisy, if you will, holding to a form of something but not having the guts of it, that led them into a place where they were easily seduced by the nations around them, by the prevailing culture. It brought them to the place where they were oppressed by them. They capitulated to them. They went away from God. And then in the middle of all of that, in the middle of embracing all of those idols, they'd cry out and say, God, deliver us. We're being oppressed. God would raise up deliverers for them. One of them is this man, Samson. In the middle of all of the oppression of Israel, Samson is born. He had a supernatural birth. A messenger from God, an angel of God, came to his parents, his parents who had longed for children but could not have any for years and years and years. And the angel said, you're going to have, you're going to have a miraculous conception and birth. And they said, well, what's your name? And the angel said, why do you want to know my name? My name is Wonderful. So the messenger from God called Wonderful said, you're going to have an infant son, and he's going to be someone with a Nazarite vow. You can't cut his hair. He's not going to drink wine. He's kind of a John the Baptist-like figure. But the thing that was chiefly characteristic about Samson, which everybody remembers, is that he had these feats of strength. He would tie 300 fox tails together and then let those foxes run rampant. He would lift off the gates of a city. 
He would tear a lion apart when it came after him. He would, when a whole military force was coming against him, just use the jawbone of a donkey to defeat everybody who came against him. And usually when I see Samson depicted, whether it's in a children's Bible or, or other kinds of uh, artwork, usually Samson is portrayed as looking something like, I don't know, a cross between Dwayne Johnson and Chris Hemsworth. Um, someone with a body a lot like mine, in other words. And um, uh, really, but actually, there's, there'd be, you know, if, if somebody who looked like that performed an amazing feat of strength, somebody who looked like they, you know, were the CrossFit international champion, no one would go, wow, how did that happen? I suspect Samson looked more like the president of the chess club. And yet, all these feats of strength were coming from him. How did it happen? Well, in the text we just read, it said, the Spirit of the Lord rushed in upon him. In this particular instance, Samson is on his way to Timnah, and it's one of three episodes in which he is this supernatural, strengthened by the Spirit man who appears on the scene with a remarkable supernatural birth. It's one of three episodes in which he's moving to find the woman of his dreams. Repeatedly, three different times, he is moving into a relationship with a Philistine woman. And this lion comes out and attacks him. This lion comes out and attacks him, and he grabs the lion and rips it apart. And uh, then he goes on his way. A few days later, he comes back and he sees the carcass of the lion over there and decides to do what you and I would not do, which is inspect the roadkill. We'd kind of go the other direction. But he sees some bees over there, and he goes, that's interesting. He goes over, he looks, and there's honey in the carcass of the lion. And being hungry, grabs a big scoop of it with his hand, and he eats it, gathers some of it up, takes it to dad and mom, shares the honey. And then he propounds a riddle. He propounds a riddle. Out of the eater came something to eat, and out of the strong came something sweet. Why is that so important? Why are those lines so representative of what happens in his life? Well, here's why. Because Samson was in so many ways an abject failure. He was deeply flawed. He blew it badly and repeatedly. Every single time he moved towards the Philistines to find a bride, just like Israel had moved away from God and towards the nations in search of fulfillment, he found himself in deeper and deeper disaster. It culminated ultimately in his meeting and building a relationship with a woman named Delilah who was asking him, where did you get this supernatural strength? Now, she's kind of a spy for her fellow Philistines. They want her to find out where this strength comes from so that they can capture him and make sure that he doesn't inflict any more pain on them. Well, he lies to her several times, but finally, finally, she's got his head in her lap and she looks at him and she uses a classic line. This is beautiful. She says, if you really loved me, you would tell me. And he does. He says, you know, it's all about the hair. And so when he falls asleep, 
she calls some people in and they cut off his hair and then all of the strength is gone. And you know what happens. You know what happens. His eyes are gouged out by his Philistine captives. They chain him up and they hook him to a grinding wheel so that in a prison in Gaza, he is just going around in circles, grinding out wheat for the Philistines. He has failed. This man with this tremendous purpose, this man with this tremendous calling, this man on whom the Spirit had come, he's blind, he's weak, he's been captured. Rather than serving God, he's grinding out grain in a prison for the Philistines. It's over. It's hopeless, isn't it? Because how could God ever use someone who's a failure? But that's why I love chapter 16. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. However, this is verse 22, however, the hair on his head began to grow. I love that verse. I love that verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hair on his head began to grow. God was not finished with Samson. There are people sitting here this morning who have blown it. We're flawed. There's a person standing here before you, me, who's blown it. We're flawed. We're fallen and we're broken and we're sinful people. And sometimes we have done so to the point of real disaster, to the point of we're not even sure if we can really come to terms with what's gone on. That lion has attacked us. That lion, Peter said that the devil prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And sometimes that lion comes in and attacks us. And sometimes the temptations are what we succumb to. And we're seduced by it. And we fall. And it's hard for us to admit the ways we've fallen. Our own lies, our own power grabs, our own greed, our own envy, our own lusts, our own passions which have led us astray. It's hard at times. And people will say to me, well, pastor, you don't understand what I've done. I mean, this and and this and and this one that I I don't even, I don't think I should mention it, but... You don't understand how bad it is. But you know, Paul wrote in the New Testament that God had had mercy on him as the chief of sinners. So however bad you think you are, he's worse, and God had mercy on him. And that example that God would have mercy on the chief of sinners means that wherever you may think you're sitting this morning, in reference to whatever fall and sin you may have, You need to know this morning that there is mercy and the hair on your head can grow again. Sometimes our prisons are because of our own actions. It's what we've done. Sometimes it's because of what other people have done to us. Sometimes we've been attacked. Sometimes somebody's come against us in ways that were destructive and harmful. Sometimes it's a disease the death of someone we love and cherish. And in these circumstances, we build ourselves 
not just prisons of resentment, but we move into the cells and we start to decorate because we have no intention of leaving them. We actually like our pain more than we desire healing. But whether it's our own sins that we've committed or the sins of others committed against us, we start to really think that God can't use us anymore. It's too late. It's over. It's done. Samson sure looked that way. In chains, eyes gouged out, everything a disaster, grinding out grain for the Philistines rather than serving the purpose of God. But his hair began to grow back. Here's why. Because the redemption of Samson is hidden in the riddle of Samson. Out of the eater came something to eat. And out of the strong came something sweet. Out of the attack, out of the disaster, out of everything that was going on, emerged promise. Out of the pain came hope. In 1937... British member of parliament named Lady Astor was visiting in Soviet in the Soviet Union and was in a conversation with the then Soviet leader Joseph Stalin. Stalin was inquiring of her about various parliamentary leaders, what about Stanley Baldwin, what about Neville Chamberlain and so on. And then he came to ask Lady Astor about one of her neighbors. What about Winston Churchill? Churchill lived about five minutes up the road from Lady Astor's place. She lived in the ancestral home of Anne Boleyn. It's only about five minutes between their houses. And Lady Astor hated Churchill. She hated him. She was an American who had married into English aristocracy. Now she's there as a member of parliament, a powerful person, and she despised and she hated Churchill. She told Churchill, if, if I were your wife, I'd poison your soup. And Churchill said, if I were your husband, I'd eat it. These people did not like each other. They did not like each other. Stalin pulled her aside. He said, okay, Chamberlain, okay, Baldwin. What about Churchill? This is in 1937. Oh, she said, Churchill, he's finished. You know, he hadn't even gotten started. But as everyone counted him, he was out. He was done It was over. He was laying bricks at Chartwell. He was in the wilderness of politics. He had no influence left. He had nothing but debt. Everything was over with except the dark depression that afflicted his soul. But you know something? In the middle of all of that, he was being made ready for something. And while Samson was grinding out grain, his hair was growing back. And now maybe some of you this morning are sitting here today, just back in church. Maybe you've come today for the first time back to church in many years because you were so turned off by an experience you had. Or maybe you were just seduced away by the powers of darkness and your own temptations led you astray. But somehow in the mystery of things, you're back here today. Maybe you're one of the tens of millions of people who used to go to Christ Community Church and you are back here today. (laughs) Don't worry, it's Amnesty Sunday. We have six months free tithing for everybody who's coming back. Just sign up today. 
Here you are back here and you're kind of going, how did I get back here? Maybe something happened in your life like what happened to a man who spoke to me after the service today. 20 years ago when he was serving in youth ministry, he had a horrible experience, horrible experience, which caused him to give up on the ministry and nearly give up on Jesus and just put it all off. But his hair was growing back. And he found himself now, he finds himself now, going back to seminary, getting ready to re-enter and see what God would do through his life. I want to tell you this morning, whether it's your sins or somebody else's sins, whether it's your skepticism and doubts or someone else's pain that you have watched them endure, that whatever it is that's going on in your life that has caused you to be sidelined, There is a chance for you right now, here in this moment, to renew the call. And here's why. Because Samson, when his hair grew back, said, God, just strengthen me one more time. And he stretched out his arms on the the columns of the house of the Philistine gods. And he pushed against them. And down came the false gods. And in his death, he defeated the idols. And in that way, that that Samson, that man with the supernatural birth, who was strengthened by the Spirit, who was looking for a bride, who stretched out his hands and brought down the idols by his death, he points ahead to a greater deliverer who was born with a supernatural birth, who stretched out his arms on the cross and in his death brought down the idols of darkness and forgave by his death the sins of all those who would put their trust in him, who pours out his spirit to give strength to the weak and brings back home the prodigals and says, no matter what has occurred, I am not finished with you yet. I'll tell you when you know you're finished, brothers and sisters. When we're doing your funeral. And until that day, God is saying to you, You're my servant. And my servant Jesus has paid the price for your sins. And my servant Jesus will strengthen you with his spirit. And my servant Jesus, who called you to begin with, is not shocked or surprised by the way you failed. Samson went to the nations to seek for a bride. Jesus has come into the world, and he has found a bride. You, me, he has turned us, former Philistines, into his bride. My beloved friends, you are the bride of Christ if you know him. Some of you, maybe like Israel, don't have a living, vibrant relationship with God. Maybe you've forgotten the mighty deeds of God. But I want you to know this morning, if you've never known God, you can know him. And if you have known him and you've forgotten him, you can remember. And if you've been far away and now God, by his grace, has brought you here right now to this moment, I want you to know the Holy Spirit is here Because while you've been away and grinding out grain for the Philistines, your hair has been growing back. And God brought you providentially to this service 
at this moment on this day to say to you, I'm not finished with you yet. And all you have to do is say, yes, Lord, use me. Here am I. Use me. Pray with me. Lord, we have failed. We are flawed. We have chased after other gods. We have been attacked by the lion. But Lord, I pray that in the midst of the brokenness and the pain, that you would by your spirit enter into those places in our hearts this morning for all those who are dismayed, for all those who are discouraged, and you would bring something sweet out of the strong. That you would bring something to eat out of the eater. That out of the enemy's attempt to consume them and destroy them, that you would meet them in this moment of the cross where Satan thought he had won and was actually defeated. That you would meet every one of us right now and you would renew in us the call of grace. Help those this morning who had turned aside or let go to turn back and to take hold. And to take hold of you, Jesus, as you take hold of us. Do this, we pray, by your mighty power. Let the Holy Spirit that came on Samson, the Holy Spirit that came on Jesus, the Holy Spirit that came on the apostles at Pentecost, let the same Holy Spirit breathe life into your people now. Let your same Holy Spirit strengthen us now so that we may take up the calling to which you have called us. For Jesus' sake we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me and let's confess our faith together. Christians, what is our hope for the new creation? Our hope for a new creation is not tied to what humans can do. For we believe that one day every challenge to God's rule will be crushed. His kingdom will fully come and the Lord will rule. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. And until that day, we're given the immense privilege of going into the world to share the gospel of Jesus with everyone. One way we do that is through the gifts we give in worship, by our offerings, our tithes. This morning, as we go towards the end of June, the end of our fiscal year, we want to honor God with our giving, putting him first in our lives, finishing out strong and seeing how the Lord will use these gifts for the extension of his kingdom. Let's pray for that. Lord, we thank you that you provide for us so richly. And now, Lord, we know that you do things for us to do something through us. Take these gifts, take these tithes, take these offerings. Use them for the glory of your name and the extension of your kingdom. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's be seated together.